uh, hey, hey, Bamal. So uh, today we're just talking about, you know, metrics and starting the conversation off at discussing metrics and numbers at small versus larger product companies. So yeah. yeah. So go ahead. You were saying something about uh, metrics, right? Oh yeah. So um, I listened to a talk from a woman who is a product manager at a tech company in Seattle. The it's a marketplace for uh, dog different things to do with pets, so like dog walking, um, dog sitting, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. what she was saying was that you know uh, metrics are really important, um, but a lot of times at big companies, it's all just about the metrics and the data, but. Uh, you know, it can be really valuable to look at actual user feedback. And so what she did, what she recommended was actually, you know, reading the reviews in the app store because that uncovered for them uh, different features that were missing in their product. And they wouldn't have gotten that data just from like following metrics because you're not going to get metrics about products that don't exist yet. Um, And I thought that was an interesting point. Also the features don't exist, exist yet. Because as I was telling you, right, metrics are important, but important to optimize something that already worked. For example, okay, like uh, let's say we are optimizing the acquisition from this 10% to 15%, right? How do I get into that? And we already have a hypothesis about how do we improve that thing? And then we make changes and in order to validate that, then metrics are important. Mm-hmm. But in order to know what I need to do as a product manager to improve that, right, metrics, then it, uh, it uh, then we perhaps have to go a qualitative route through user interviews, uh, interviews, or getting your feed, direct feedback, one-on-one conversations. There is no alternative to do qualitative uh, problem solving and exploration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and I, again, I think also it's like bringing design thinking into yeah. numbers. Like you can't, just number your way out of a solution you have to be able to like problem solve with those numbers too and like be creative i'll give you an example like my own experience like i i had a startup called seven beep uh, it was about when this ephemeral or self-leading social network became raised it was back in 2014 so i started that back in fall so one of the things for me was to educate users that okay whatever post you write you send is going to disappear Right. Mm-hmm. So my f- initial pro- thought was people are going to understand that. And, and I didn't know I had to build something on the onboarding, be- onboarding because my hypothesis, my assumption was that people will figure out. But, mm-hmm. but when I gave that to the people, then I did not know. Right. So people, I did not know that people did not understand it's a, it's a self-relating thing. They want to fill it. They want to sell it. Sell yes. it. So that I got to understand. So I gave out a f- give, 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 I, I gave that application app to a few people and I was there and I saw facial reactions. I saw the finger movement. I saw where the thumb moving, right? I, where they, they took the pause and then allowed them to ask questions to me. So during that point of time, what I realized was they didn't understand that it was self, uh, self-deleting. Therefore, like, then I got that feedback from one person and from the second person and third person. So continuously, I talked to four or five people. So I realized that, okay, they didn't realize uh, this house, it works that way. Therefore, during onboarding, what I need to do was, so as I, I, I was onboarding the new users, so I would 
start by giving examples such as, okay, your post is going to disappear in the next 10 seconds and countdown begins and then it disappears, right? And then I went and uh, did the same, uh, whether people understood that or not, then people got it instantly. So this thing, right, to build this feature, the, the two ways, two, two ways about it. For the qualitative will help, okay, this thing is not working. Quantitative will give us that. I mean, the metrics will give us that. Okay, this thing is not working. Mm-hmm. However, what needs to be done in order to make this work, then it has to be qualitative uh, feedback, responses. Mm-hmm. When I say qualitative, it could be, uh, it could be, for example, the same thing I gave about like my wannabe experience could be, hey, like somebody could have written about that in your uh, app uh, Play Store, right? Hey, I did not understand how it works, right? For, for In my case, it was like face-to-face interaction. That's how I got the feedback. And I second that lady who talked about sometimes the, the feedback about what to build will come from like unlikely sources, most likely qualitative sources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so how can you, like, what do you think is the best way to merge, you know, data, like, and qualitative, like, just random qualitative sort? Like, what's the best way to, like, merge those two and leverage them together? For, for me, like, how, as a product manager, how am I spending my time, mm-hmm. right? So it's boils, boils down to that. The way I'm spending my time is one, two, and three. One, am I talking to a couple of couple of users every week right Mm -hmm. am i looking at uh let's say these there's a tool such as full story how people how users use couple of users every week and again like again then i am i looking at metrics every week so it then it's i think the the new ideas or or new features will come as a function of that activities it's going to come organically uh-huh. So, so it's going to come organically when I do those activities. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so to my, my, uh, my, my take on this is rather than focusing on the outcome, why don't I build my activities and processes which will lead me to that outcome? Okay. So design, and that means designing my designing. How do I spend my time every week on the product? Mm-hmm. So I feel like we keep coming back to this idea in other discussions that we've had. Is that it all like comes down to like user feedback? But given that we're like a consulting, you know, like more services based, you know, I think we're not always going to have contact with our uh, end users in the same way. Um, how do you think we can start? positioning ourselves to be able to do that more like i think i almost wonder if that's something we need to start selling to potential clients is that you know we can do user testing or or something along those lines how do you think we can do that the way to do that is i think it's going to come slowly it's Mm -hmm. not going to come overnight however we can prime our customers towards that the priming Mm -hmm. would become from asking the questions such as what where are the evidences that whatever we are think, thinking is working? What are the evidences that, hey, uh, we are validating the problem before we are building it? So I think that will come through priming. Mm-hmm. And then well, when you're asking through, then, then we, we recommend things. These are the ways we can, uh, these are the ways we can actually take customer feedback. 
For example, the, the easiest thing would be to install full story in the product, right? So that we can start seeing the how quality videos, uh, video how, how people use the application. Then if you don't know how to, that, that's post build phase, but even build phase, you want to do that. This, these are the two ways we can do it. If it's a app, then we go to high fidelity, then we can conduct this many, this many interviews. I think the, the trigger will start in the beginning while we have conversation with our client by priming them that we need to do this by asking questions, which is based on evidences. And then when they are confused, perplexed about it, then again, proposing a solution that this is, this is a roadmap to do that. And we can do that for them, for you. Right. That makes sense. And, and, and so similarly with the sort of more data side, do you think there's more we can do to um, get more metrics, you know, in our, or work that into the fabric of our projects? So of course, uh, what, of course we can do that. I think what we want to do, and again, it depends upon like where the stage of the product the customers are in, right? In the, so it's a post-production phase, then metrics are very, very important. And again, we don't have to measure all the, all the metrics that are possible. So we, we can measure what are the important KPIs, key performance indicators like that's are relevant at the stage of the business. For example, uh, for early stages of the business, there won't be revenues at all. Right, mm -hmm. measuring such as like okay, customer acquisition cost, lifetime value, and like referrals, and the revenue will make uh, will make less relevant. So, however, the would be more relevant would be okay. Like, uh, what is the ac acquisition rate? Right, what's the activation rate? Right, what, how many times like uh, how many times the people are coming back to the coming back daily active users or weekly active users? What's relevant? Measuring those kind of thing would be more relevant. And, and making sure like integrating um, metrics is part of definition of definition of done in a user story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right now, what we don't do is that we think like adding a metrics is a one more task. Uh, 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 it's not that important, but what we need to start uh, advocating is for that. Adding metrics is a, a having metrics uh, measuring metric or tracking is a part of the definition of done rather than the secondary activity that we do post-production. I see. Yeah. So, so just making it so something throughout as opposed to an extra thing at the end. Yeah. So also again, the, the most customers, our clients do not write the major is, uh, because, uh, they have never made a tracking plan. I think we, uh, as consultants, uh, we need to come in and educate our customers and also show them, not just tell them. Like this is the okay. Let's give it, let's give an example. Mm -hmm. uh, so even for our clients, right? Even if most are most are not product people, most are very not tech so savvy people. Most are the sales guys or most are serial entrepreneurs who are not individual contributors. To them, right, if you say we need to measure it, okay, they will agree, yes, we need to measure it. But we can so okay, and, and when you start measuring it, then then always always get confusion about which tool to use. Right? So there is mixed panel, there is there is Google Analytics, there is Kiss Metrics, there is there are so many other 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 options, right? So they get confused about which one to use. And our job will be okay. 
for us, this is the best mix that we use mix panel and we don't have to think on anything else. Okay, let's use mix panel for that. This is a tracking plan, how we create. While creating a tracking plan, this is the event we want to track. And for that event, these are the properties we need to track. And okay, these are the, some of the reports that we can create and so value within a couple of, uh, so value quickly. So that, so here the cycle, the loop, loop starts, loop starts by educating customers that, uh, customers that you need to measure and it uh, it then then we build the momentum by so by showing them okay this is the tool you got to use in Argus mix panel but this is a tracking plan and here is how when we start developing writing the use stories this includes the definition of done and then we when we move to production then we quickly can so uh, some uh, dashboards dashboards or metrics uh, some graphs or analysis based on that on on that metrics so that will close the loop and that loop will actually uh, uh, then they see the value because another reason friction point uh, for our customers is that sometimes it's uh, the loop this loop the lead time for this loop is quite longer and for them uh, it's when the lead time for this loop is becomes longer, they see less value in it. Hence, we got to shorten that lead time and show the value as early as possible. So that's another strategy that we can lean in to uh, lean in to persuade that uh, our customers that we should use metrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think most customers would see the value in metrics. I think it, it's it. I can see that it would be harder to convince them that we need to do user research though up front. Like, I think it's easy to see the value in like tracking things once they've been built, but I think maybe it's harder to convince them that, Oh, we should like validate this with the users before. It's, uh, it's, I think it's not that hard though. I think that the momentum is switching. Mm-hmm. Even momentum is switching saying like, I don't know. I'm not the expert on this part because I'm not the user on this part. Therefore, you know, even to educate myself and for exploring the problem, I need to talk to the users. And when I talk, when I say I, we need to talk to users, that doesn't mean we, we ask for solutions with the customers or users. What we do is, okay, we, we have a hypothesis about this is the most pressing, urgent, high value problem that users have. Can we go and validate that? Right? So when we are always validating the uh, problem first, then we are again. Then again, we are validating a solution later. So, in my opinion, I don't think it's that hard. It's, go, it's going to. It's definitely going to take some time, though. To to build up like the the practice of doing it, you think? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so multiple. So let's break it down, right? There will be people who will be who want to do this uh, validation process, user testing from day one. Right. right? So there will be people who don't see value in that. So if we have those kind of people, the, the first step would be show an example how we did in previous projects and work great. And still, if they don't get persuaded, then what we need to do is uh, we need to make sure they fail faster. Mm-hmm. So even that, like if fail faster, meaning, okay, fail faster, meaning ask the right questions, Questions and releasing the breaking down product in such a way, releasing releasing to the uh, market early. For some people, it will be three months or six months. And I think for the journey of a journey of a company, 
it's uh, not a really long time. But the however, right. for some people, there is no alternative about solving the problem without <laughs> helping them fail. Yeah, I see. So you you said let them fail fast. How do you yeah. <laughs> how do you make sure that it's fast, not slow? But still have them trust you. Again, like here, I, so we are going to uh, going going to a bit of uh, art here. So I think it's about first of all, it's personal, right? It's building personal relationship and saying, okay, like uh, who takes the decision for that, and if the decision, therefore, our job is to lay out. Okay, this is option one, this is option two, this is option three. And, and our customer's job is to take a decision, right? Then while doing so, while doing so, we can always present to, okay, if we are not going to measure, do user testing, and therefore still we can, we are going to release it that often, then, then what's the probability of success? And who takes that decision for that particular thing? For and the customer takes it, then like, can you plan to have a lead time in six months? Or I miss a few weeks to a few, a few months. Then, then when we know that customer has taken that decision and then, then it failed, then why did it fail? Then we, we do a retrospective. And on that retrospective, like we could, we could show that uh, one of the reasons was we didn't go to the user testing and validation process. Then we straightly went to build process without testing our hypothesis. Then slowly it will come to, come to that. Then like it's also about sometimes most of the times, I mean, in fact, most of the times we won't even need to educate our customers after going through working together organically for a few months. It's hardest in the beginning because still we, are, we haven't started work. To, we haven't worked together and building our trust is a bit hard in the beginning. But after working for a few weeks and a few months, then I think this, uh, it will be much easier to uh, educate and edu- educate our customers to do value customer user testing, user testing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Oh, we, I think we uh, digress into this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. Well, we started with we started yeah. with the idea that um, use like that metrics can't solve all of our problems, and that we need user validation, and that um, it it can be good to look to smaller product companies for inspiration on how to do this because they'll probably use a wider range of sort of uh, creative solutions because they don't maybe have as many resources as a larger company. True. And another thing which, which quantitative method metrics one give is, so when you look at a particular feature, in isolation, it may seem very important and very urgent, right? But if you take that particular feature and stack it against the number of features that users use and say in the hierarchy of importance and value to the user, where does it fit? Mm-hmm. Where does it fit? I think that perspective also is very important. Can you give like an example of that? So the example of that is, let's say we want to add SMS feature, uh, SMS feature in uh, productivity. Let's say uh, we are building something like uh, the HubSpot and we want to add SMS feature, right? 
and we say, oh, SMS feature is very important. And then we figure out, okay, if you pick out the SMS feature and then we pick out okay, SMS feature is very important. People get to use to, and if people are on the phone all the time, I think we need to build that. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, then we, that's a zoom in version and a zoomed out version is then. So we have, okay, people use our application to send email. People use our application to log reports. People use our application to generate reports and those kind of things. And how often people are trying to reach out to other people through SMS through the, our application. Then like see, zoomed out version gives, oh, okay. So in, in, in comparison to email, SMS thing is very unlikely. And it's very easy to test. Right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to test, meaning like, when was the last time, uh, when the true user university, when was the last time you, you sent an SMS out of the, out of, uh, out of the, uh, out of the product? For ex- because if there was definite and need, people will go out of their way to start sending an SMS to someone else, right? If someone else. Mm-hmm. If people have never sent an SMS to someone else, then just because we build the SMS feature, people want to use it. Correct. So, yeah. so getting back to right SMS, look adding SMS in isolation looks very urgent, very important. But when you zoom out and put it together in the, in the perspective of entire product and how important that is to the user, then it gives a perspective how important that is in compared to other things. And in order to build, then we go and validate whether people have gone out of the way to already hack through that problem, through that feature, right? And how often they do it. And we, through customer interviews, you can validate that. And again, like if you want to validate through, then we can, we can have widget of OS, fake landing pages, buttons, and quant- quantitatively we can validate those things as well. But however, like, in our cases, such as uh, in which enterprises or small companies, there won't be a huge data size to do that, do A-B testing or wizard of OAs or fake pages. So we won't have good sample size to do that. Therefore, going back to the customer interviews and going getting validation through this interviews will be much faster way. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So how would that impact, like how does, um, I guess, can you think of a time when maybe some sort of feedback through a wrench in, in that, like how do we like accommodate for unlikely scenarios? So could you give me an example, explore more about what could be unlikely scenarios? I don't know. I just think that sometimes I feel like when we d- discuss these scenarios, um, maybe we're not accounting for like, the problem that we didn't see like comes up and, or like the deadline shifts beneath us or something like that. Um, does that make sense? Deadline shift? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's deadline shift, changing the feature, changing the requirement, new thing coming up is all going to be part of. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all going to be part of, uh, part of uh, this product development or product management. And I think it's, it's inevitable, but how do we deal with that? It's going to be important. Yeah. Like I think sometimes when we talk about these ideas, it's like, 
uh, we're speaking to like best case scenario a lot of the time. And I, and I think, um, you know, I, the reason why I mentioned that is just because I'm thinking about this example where like the, you know, the random user feedback comes up that you weren't predicting at all. Uh, and so I feel like a common theme in all of this is like reacting to the unexpected. Um, and that kind of has to be built into the fabric of, of the way, the way we work on projects. So I wouldn't, for example, we go sprint by sprint basis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so any customer user reaction, I, I would not react immediately. So any user feedback comes in. So I would actually pause it for a while, a sing in for a two, one or two sprints. It cannot be that urgent, right? So everything that you, the on uh, feedback won't be that urgent. So I will let it sink in, then evaluate, evaluate the process going through process that I just mentioned about it, given the perspective. So if that's why I told you that that particular feedback, uh, feedback, if you take an isolation, could be very, very urgent. Mm-hmm. But when you actually zoom out and put in perspective with all the other things that we are doing, uh, we are building for the user, right? It may not be a showstopper. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if it's a source stopper, then of course we got to do it. We got to do it immediately. But most likely, in, in very, very rarely, it will be source stopper. And in, in other circumstances, it would be a useful, uh, important, but may not be that urgent. So it can give uh, it. So most in general, I would get, give time to sink in, sink in and evaluate in, 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 uh, in, a zoom, in the perspective of entire product rather than in isolation at particular user feedback. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So again, like just because one person said so, you don't have to. We don't have to go and react to that, right? Is it uh, so? Is it uh, is it a common theme? So when we're talking about uh, user feedback, we are talking about problems. We are not talking about solution here, right. right? So we are talking about problem. Okay, exploring problem. So again, like we don't. You don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to ask users for the solution you want to ask for value for, for the problem then like then then we want to brainstorm with design using design thinking and iterating with the solution with the, with the customers and come up with different solutions and present the solution there so mm-hmm. again there are different stages right for different stages first validate explore the problem validate it then validate the solution, then again, go and solve the problem. That makes sense. Um, you mentioned earlier that you like looking to smaller companies for, uh, I guess, like to follow a lot, like follow their footsteps or take advice from them. Can you think of any other examples of that? Small companies, the way I like to look at it is, oh, I, a small company, so it, that doesn't come up to me a lot. So again, a smaller company like us are very hidden. So they are very, they don't, they are not known in the market. Yeah. So, but I, let's keep an open eye on that part. People who have enterprise business and, and small businesses. So it could be, uh, could be, and in very early early stage or late stage companies. Oh, okay. That's where I, I that, that that's where I think 
So not so much size, but stage. The stage, yeah. Okay. That's where that's where I think I haven't I haven't met many of those. Uh, I lo- I'll love to meet. Uh, love. For example, I love to meet people like uh, let's say uh, Mridul, right? Uh, who Mridul, who is a CPO at Lord Your He's still a very small company, foreign company, but how they uh, how people like him uh, design a process in their in their companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very different to like uh, very different than in Lars' company, right? What do you what do you think the main differences are? The main difference is in a big companies there are layers of people. For example, the, the the layers of people meaning like there are individual contributor product manager, then there are like senior product man product managers, then there are product leaders. Like there are different hierarchies of it. But whereas in smaller companies, one person will be uh, wearing the, those hats, will be individual, individual contributor talking to customers and those kind of stuff. And again, like you also created a roadmap and strategy for like next two or three years, right? So how, how do they shuffle, juggle between multiple roles and uh, multiple, multiple roles within the product management? And that will be interesting to know. And how do they, they design a structure 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 to make that happen eventually it boils down to how you are structuring your everyday day-to-day uh, activities so what are the most important activities they do every day every week mm-hmm. like how much percentage of time they spend on let's say uh user feedback what percentage of time they spend on this looking at the full stories mixed panelists how much percent of their time their time they spend on like you know, uh, meetings with uh, cross-functional teams, uh, sales, design, and how much percent of time they go and spend with the product development team, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so for me, like, I'm very curious to know about what are the processes and habits that okay. led them to towards uh, building that outcome. Right. So what do you think a good mix of those are in terms of, like, spending time? Or, like, what is one that you think is that you look for? The one I look for is uh, if they are spending, like I would, uh, if I were doing is I, what I would look for is people have to spend time with the real users mm-hmm. with, with boys, <laughs> with, with boys feelings and the real people, real users. Mm-hmm. And for some, and if if a product manager or product guy is not doing that, for me that would be a red flag. Okay. Yeah. Because, and second would be at least one or two. Two. I would do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If people are looking at uh, people, people need to spend. Just look at these tools, these metric tools very very good amount of time on that part right and uh, every week and third thing is people actually listen to uh, if there are support tickets or customer complaints or I would go to uh, so those kind of activities I would do every week Mm -hmm. 
I would so so I would spend a twenty to thirty percent of my time on that part because that twenty to thirty percent of time will actually be very valuable to design the rest of my time. Like then I will go and say, okay, designers and every designers developers, what are the current uh, priority problems? Who the users are? If I don't do that, then what will happen is actually I would be stop thinking about the user but pushing towards my ideas which i think is important and it will move towards more my opinions rather than about what the customer's problems are and for me if uh, if somebody is not designing ease or hard time for these kind of activities then would be a red flag i see yeah so yeah having a strong focus on connecting with the users yeah, because yeah. it's it boils down to so we have 40 hours per week right right so out of 40 hours per week i will spend good what is it what is the 20 what is the 20% of that good 8 to 10 hours in this kind of user testing you looking at the this full stories metrics and all of those stuff, those things i would spend good i would spend good amount of time on that part yeah Otherwise, it's very easy to easy to get into this the build, build, and build phase, mm-hmm. and build, build, and build phase. That's why I say, uh, fake it, sell it, <laughs> and then go and build it. Yeah, yeah. Don't build it because most of the things are not required to be built. The next feature is not going to automatically solve all your product problems. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's a risk that like for product managers, they become too attached to numbers and they don't get, um, yes. Like, so they don't, that, like think about the user. Yeah. That's why it's, uh, it's also, of course you got to be like, be analytical about it and also about very strategic zooming out in a bigger perspective, right? Bigger perspective than where something is heading towards because in, in the, market will market you can change the market right you can change the market market there was an example before uh, for example these this many people engage using smartphones smartphones right so and there was time people are more uh, and there was a time people did, people did not have did not have uh, this uh, Uh, what is that called? I forget. I keep forgetting. No. Mobile optimized websites. Okay. Right. So if the market is then, then if you keep your eye on the eye just on the just on the current market, just on the current product, you will never realize. Okay, the market has shifted to mobile or smartphones from desktops. Then you will not. You would not not know that. Uh, uh, you would not know that, okay, like I need to go and make uh, this mobile optimize my web applications. So that has happened. The classic example is in a bigger, uh, again, going back to this examples from Microsoft and Intel, right? Intel, uh, Intel missed the mobile chips, smartphone chips business because their people are too focused on desktop one. Yeah. And and this is this one. Similarly, uh, Microsoft missed the uh, missed its Android or s- smartphone operating system because they were too focused on desktop. 
Similarly, Nokia mentioned because their their smartphone, their feature phones, their, their keyboard were selling so much. They Black BlackBerry missed it as well because they were too much focused on their current uh, current like keyboard 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 rather than a touch touch phone, right? So right. when then that that thing may also happen. So because, you think, and you think that if they hadn't been as focused on the numbers, they would have been able to see that. So, so if they were, if they were, they were too much focused on their numbers, their numbers were doing great, uh-huh. right? So they were focused too much on their numbers. Hence, they were not able to zoom out and see all the mar- market. And okay, they, of course, this is on hindsight. Like if, if it would have failed, then like, they wouldn't have no problem at all. But however, what helps is zooming out. Right? As a program, zooming out, right? Where this every now and then like strategically thinking okay where this market okay where this market where this market is going what are user behaviors changing fundamental user behaviors can change so those zooming out could be really really useful mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense because uh, when you are a product manager let's see like your times like your time will spend on one release to another release, one release to another release, right? You're like time scale moving from one release to another release, one release to another release. But when you zoom out, like uh, even this product makes sense at the product level, right? At the industry level. So that zoom out, zooming out is important as well. Okay. Yeah. So you have to see the, the, the close picture and the far out picture. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So any other, maybe some closing thoughts, I guess, on, on uh, metrics or user, unlikely user results or large versus small companies? In large versus small companies, I, rather than saying large versus small companies, this divide into stages. Oh, that's right, yeah. Initial Just stage or late initial, stage. Yeah. Late stages, right. Initial stage a lot heavy on uh, the qualitative feedbacks, user interviews, even you go before you build the features, a lot of those. And after post-market phase, a growth phase, we still do that. And we, we learn through user, we explore through user testing, uh, qualitative feedback, and we go and validate it through quantitative metrics. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the, then when post product market fit and growth stays, the metrics will be important, but it will not, it will be useful to validate our hypothesis rather than giving you a new hypothesis. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's why uh, I would rather divide in different stages. And in our case, most of our customers are in early stages, right? That's why uh, we, we want to advocate for validated product development rather than insane, (laughs) rather than unvalidated opinion-based product development. Unvalidated opinion-based. Okay, yeah. So so we got to seek the validation and... um, know the market, know, know where we are and like see the bigger picture at the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks. Thanks for discussing these ideas with me. It's super interesting to learn more. Yeah. It's, uh, thank you so much for your time and thanks for 
asking me these questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll pick this up next week. Yeah. Talk sure. Soon. Yeah. Talk soon.